You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I'm your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others to share lessons and things that we've learned along the way so that we can help you with your NFT journey wherever you might be, whether you're just starting out or you've been in it for a while like me and my guests, and you're still trying to figure things out like us, happy to help you and help try to guide you on this journey. And I'm excited to be joined today by an all-star guest. Michael Stelzner is the CEO and founder of the Social Media Examiner, which is the world's largest social media resource. He's also the founder and host of the Social Media Marketing World Conference and the host of two podcasts, including the Social Media Marketing Podcast and Crypto Business Podcast. And he's the host of the upcoming Crypto Business Conference, which is going to be happening on October 9th through 11th this year, 2022 in San Diego. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Andy, it's great to actually finally uh, chat with you. We've had a lot of private messaging back and forth and yeah, so much exciting stuff and so much scary stuff going on right now. So I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. I know, I know. We're, we're recording this at the beginning of June where we're definitely in a very tumultuous NFT market and, you know, all kind of like, yeah, we're in it for the long term, but it's pretty scary right now, you know, looking at the numbers and, and seeing what things are going to do. So we, we can dive into that. But if we could just start with a little bit of your background, what you do, and, and how did you get into NFTs? Okay. Well, I remember Gary Vaynerchuk talking about VFriends. And I went on the website and I'm like, what are these ugly looking little drawings? And what the <laughs> heck is a half of an ETH? You right. know, I didn't understand what it meant. And I had heard Gary talking on Clubhouse uh, specifically about, about how this is going to be a big deal. And I have this general philosophy that if I don't understand something, I don't do it. Mm. And the main reason being is I don't want to commit to doing something without really understanding the implications of making such a commitment. And right. I try not to have any regrets about those kinds of decisions because as you and I both know, there's all sorts of opportunities in the world. There's investment opportunities, there's marketing opportunities, there's content opportunities, and there's but there's a limited amount of time and resources that we, you and I, Andy, have available sure. to us. So we have to be careful about what we choose to do. So at that point in time, I had not yet gotten into NFTs, but it was 2021 and it was like, spring of 2021 when i began actually investing in ethereum and bitcoin so i remember back then ethereum was 1400 which isn't far off the mark today but yep. right. 1400 was a heck of a bargain just a couple of months ago you know and i started with a hundred dollars and eventually started investing more and more of my personal assets into uh crypto more from the mindset of inflation and my philosophy was this was a hedge against inflation this was an alternative investment vehicle yep. we're not giving investment advice here but you know my hypothesis was that for the long haul if i if i look years into the future investing in bitcoin and ethereum would be a wise investment so i took a lot of my personal savings substantial amounts and started investing slowly but surely over many many months and then the nft craze came around and my first nft was an nft that's since gone out of business believe it or not <laughs> but my second nft i did invest in joe polizzi's never-ending ticket to his cex conference more because i wanted to support joe and it was 0.75 ethereum which was a lot of money but i said this is going to give me a ticket to the event forever 
I couldn't make it this year, but I now know I have a ticket to this event as long as he's going to continue to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, over time I began listening to other podcasts. I began starting my own. I began listening to yours hmm. and I just began hearing certain kinds of collections being mentioned a lot, like lazy lions is one that came up time and time again. And I eventually invested in one and then two lazy lions and I also ended up investing in Moonbirds. I ended up getting four Moonbirds on two on the day that it launched, and I got them all on OpenSea, and I paid a lot of money, 55 Ethereum all in. Mm. But but along the way, you know, I decided to, I got to a point where I had tapped out my personal savings. I said, all right, let's try to get some of the corporate money that we have invested in crypto and Ethereum, and specifically NFTs. So I went and I talked to my controller and I, persuaded her that I think we should consider investing in some of these projects that that we really wanted to try to invest in. And one of the first ones was World of Women Galaxy. Mm. So we, we invested in World of Women Galaxy specifically because I wanted to, you know, in the world I'm in, in social marketing, it's very female dominated, but in the crypto world, as you know, it's very male dominated. Right, yeah. And I've got three daughters and I'm like, okay, I want to support some of the women projects that are out there. And that was the first of many different women projects that I invested in either personally or through a corporation. And then I went on to invest in the association, which was the MBA. Yeah. I ended up, I ended up buying one of the top cards in the entire collection. And I just, you know, I've done a lot of different investments in a lot of different collections. Most recently, the Bulls and Apes project, as you know, I've also got two V friend series two. So we can talk about like investment thesis a little bit we can talk about all sorts of fascinating things but yeah. i'm at the point now where i've invested so much yeah. <laughs> that i'm like okay i think i'm gonna try to be diamond hands and just hold for a little while right yeah just it's calm down i think many of us get to that point that definitely happened for me too i was just seemed like every day i was investing in something new and i was like okay it's time for a break i'm gonna go back and focus on my real life business and let this play out and so you know, I had not minted or really bought hardly anything for, you know, probably a little, a couple of months other than VFriend Series 2 when that came out. But then you turned me on to Bulls and Apes Project, which we both minted recently. And we'll, we'll see what happens with that. You had one of the co-founders, Manny, on your podcast. I had him on my, on this show. So I know some of our listeners uh, listened to that and, and went and minted Bulls and Apes Project. I heard, you know, a couple of people reached out to me and said, hey, thanks for turning me on to this. I just minted mine. I'm like, cool. I hope it works out for you. At least there's a, a, a money back guarantee or ETH back guarantee. So uh, I, I won't feel too bad if you know it doesn't quite work out. You know, you've invested in what sounds like some really great projects. And well, I'll yeah, and I'll just throw out a couple more just for the heck of it, just in yeah. case we want to talk about them. But I've also invested in The Walking Dead pretty mm. substantially, which is by uh, AMC Network. I've also invested in Murray by Haas pretty extensively, which is a manga anime project. And I also recently invested pretty substantially in um, PXN Ghost Recon, I think it's called, Ghost Division. In a lot of these collections, I ended up trying to buy some of the top positions, meaning in the top couple hundred yeah. in the collection on quite a few of these. That's and something I, I have not covered on this show really is, is looking at rarity and trying to invest in, like you said, the best or the top. These are yeah. essentially more rare. I wonder if you could share, like, what's your, your thesis on that? Like, why do that versus, hey, just buy the cheapest? And like, what's your process for evaluating those? Well, okay. So this is a great conversation worth having. 
When a project first comes out, there's a number of tools that are great tools, but my favorite is Trait Sniper. Now, Trait Sniper's free. They've got a great Chrome plugin. And then you can buy a lifetime pass, which gives you slightly more features, which is what I ended up buying for like, they call it the alpha pass for like about a half of an Ethereum. But what's really interesting is when these collections first come out and they reveal the art, you don't really know what's rare and what's not. And there are a lot of people that end up putting their art up for sale without even knowing what it is, right? For example, right now, as we're recording, the bulls and apes have not revealed their art, yet there's plenty of people trying to sell it, Mm -hmm. not knowing what they're getting rid of, right? Right. So a lot of these collections will, and and I've, I've used Trait Hero, which I don't think is nearly as good as Trait Sniper. I paid for some of these services. Nothing, in my opinion, compares to Trait Sniper. And what's cool is they allow you to sort and rank by different kinds of factors. So for example, let's say you wanted to get into Moonbirds, which a lot of people want to get into. You could go in there and you could search for Moonbirds and then you could sort by the top 1%, 5% or 10%. And then it gives you the option to sort by the lowest priced first. So this allows you to very rapidly identify something that is either ranked in the top 1%, 5% or 10%. And you can change it, but you can see when you're in there, it shows you what the trait floor is for that particular thing. So for example, as you know, a lot of NFTs have different traits in them, right? Mm-hmm. But this allows you to track the value of the highest value trait for that particular that particular attribute. Where a lot of other tools will tell you the trait floor across the entire collection, mm-hmm. Trait Sniper will tell you the trait floor a- across the attribute. Does that make okay. sense? Yep. So for example, let's take this well, you know, it, it, Moonbirds is a great example, right? There's there's certain kinds of hats that they have, right? Some have- And, and um, just to, sorry to interrupt, just like yeah. background for those that haven't been following, Moonbirds is a newer project from Kevin Rose, who's very well known in the space. This project launched and essentially took off right away. It's another 10,000 PFP, but it, it, it mooned for lack of a better word. And the current floor price on it is- 21.95 Ethereum, 20, basically 22 Ethereum, which is about $40,000. Yeah. And it is, it, it was the most successful profile picture NFT launch in the history of all NFTs. Right. And nothing even comes close. It's ranked in top 10 all time on OpenSea. So it's a very popular collection, but you know, these, these birds have different hats or like traits. Like I have one that has a headset on it. I have another one that has an aviator cap on it. I have one that has a crown on it. And then I have another one. I can't remember what it is, but, but some of these traits are for whatever reason, more popular than other traits. Mm-hmm. And what trait sniper will allow you to do is it'll allow you to look at the trait floor for that particular trait. And that allows you to kind of track the value, for example, of that particular Moonbird, because even though Moonbirds right now has a floor of 21.95, the one with the crown has a floor of 31.69. And I can see that because I'm in Trait Sniper right now. So I know that right now, this is my most valuable Moonbird. And it's because there's fewer of those available for sale. And the floor on that particular trait is that, right? And I I track this kind of all the time. And when I bought these Moonbirds, what I did, Andy, was I decided to not buy the most basic Moonbird. I decided to buy the Moonbird that was slightly more rare, not super rare, just something that had more traits that would be more generally of interest because I knew it would always be off the floor. Like my cheapest Moonbird is 
is at least one Ethereum above the floor right now. Mm. But you know, but my cheapest Ethereum's have had been as much as 10 Ethereum off the floor. Yeah. You know, and it, it kind of varies every day. None of these particular moonbirds are are rare. They're all like in the top three to nine thousand. It's just for whatever reason, those particular traits are highly desirable. Yeah, so and that can be based on rarity. It can be based on perception. Like what do people think? Yeah. is popular or not, right? Just like I've talked a lot on the show about vFriends, which is, you know, my top project I'm probably into, you know, there's, I think, I don't know, 400 or whatever different characters and people have thoughts on what's more valuable than others. And actually just yesterday, a core, very, very, very lucky black cat sold for, I think, 47 ETH. And that's kind of accepted in the community as the most valuable character, but there's no actual like logical reason behind that. No one has said like, oh, Gary hasn't said well, this is going to be, but it is the like the logo of the brand. Whereas the regular floor is like eight ETH and that's selling for 47. So it's just perception is so interesting. Yeah. And you know, on some of these projects, for example, the Lazy Lions, they do derivative products that are like children of the parent product. So for example, I went and I bought number 545 in the Lazy Lions. I had, and it's basically a lion with a pipe, rainbow hair, and like a scratched face. Okay. And the, the the line that I had bought before that was definitely not in the top, you know, percentage. This is in the top like five percent or whatever. So turns out Lazy Lions recently airdropped juice and milk, and you could you could get one of each, and you could spawn off a teen and a cub. So now I've got teens and cubs that are highly ranked in the teens and cubs, you know, category. It doesn't mm. mean anything today, but it might mean something down the road as the collection becomes more desirable again you yeah, know yeah. and a lot of times people sell these highly ranked things for next to nothing because they don't understand that they're highly ranked so when a project first comes out sometimes it is highly advantageous for you to like maybe pay twice as much as what the floor is to get something that's maybe in the top 100 and yeah. i've got a lot of different collections where i own something in the top 100 now today it's not necessarily worth anything because we're in a down marketplace but downstream it could be worth quite a bit yeah i have not you really used utilized that strategy i've been more of just buy things on the floor yeah. but when world of women galaxy minted i ended up minting one of the top most rare characters and i didn't even realize it you know to your point i had just luckily i just posted a picture on twitter and one of my friends from the vFriends community was like, hey, congratulations. I'm like, on what? She's like, oh, you got one of the most rare. Did you get the iridium hair or something? I got like the that? iridium skin, exactly. Yeah. Which oh, at the, God. Yeah, at, yeah. The time, at the time, you know, the, the, the floor on the whole project was like one ETH and those were selling for 10. And I should have just sold it that day, but because <laughs> it's all come down, right? But I could have, if I didn't know that, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to sell one of these for one ETH. I could have just accidentally listed that without really paying attention to the traits and, and what it was worth, to, to your point. Well, and there's some risk because I have purchased some really expensive NFTs, but there's also an opportunity. For example, I'm tracking VFriend Series 2, mm -hmm. and I was able to get a really rare one for, for a pretty reasonable price. I ended up getting the Forgiving Horned Frog in Diamond. And I got it for one point, I got it for 2.79 Ethereum. Okay. So it turns out this is in the top 1%. Okay. According to Trade Sniper, this is Interesting. in the top 155. So, and it's a one of one spectacular. And you I also got a diamond otter too, didn't you? I or got you a lava, a lava otter, otter. I got a lava optimistic otter I had paid 4.85 for. Okay. So again, this is where 
if you believe in the long-term sustainability of a project, like, you know, VFriends isn't going to go anywhere. Right. And you have a chance to buy it because people are flipping out because Ethereum is crashing and there's not as many buyers. You can sco scoop in and, and get a really rare one for a reasonable price. And there's a good chance six months to a year from now, that's going to be worth quite a bit. It just depends on the project, you know, and I don't think VFriends is going to go out of style anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. So you got into NFT, it sounds like just a few months ago, but I know you have, you've gone in big, essentially. So big believer in this space. So, you know, you are so big in the web two space, right? And like, you've built such a big business there. And you initially, you said initially, like you were hesitant because you didn't truly understand it. What changed your mind to where you got to a point where like, not only do I understand this, but I believe so much in it that I'm going to invest a ton of my money and company money and start a podcast and a conference and all the things that you're doing. Well, first of all, let's be clear. I've lost my shirt on a lot of investments. <laughs> yeah. I you and I both are not doing too well. I right invested now. in like 20 or 30 different cryptocurrencies that are down 90% and some mm. have gone to zero, right? And some of these NFT projects are never going to recover. But I kind of along the way said to myself, okay, these NFT projects, there's only ever going to be 10,000 of them unless they do a derivative project, right? right? And if you get involved in the right project, and truly my best investment ever were the Moonbirds. I mean, yeah. you know, just like yours were, were V friends, right? I mean, because right. I got in on launch day and I didn't want to miss out on another big opportunity. And this one I invested heavily in. But I believe that if you actually get a chance to like invest in the right kinds of projects, it's almost like invention. It's almost like venture capital investing in the next businesses. Like mm -hmm. I'm convinced Kevin Rose is working on something that's going to be really big. Yeah. That's going to be software related for web three. So I'm excited to be a proud holder of four of those and to even change my profile picture to, to a cowboy hat, diamond eye moonbird, you know, <laughs> right. Which is two, two kind of rare traits, but you know, I said to myself, okay, I think the upside on the right projects is much bigger than just holding in currency itself. You know what I mean? Like Ethereum isn't going to like double or triple or quadruple necessarily in the near future. It's, it might, but yeah. it certainly doesn't look that way. Right. But the right project, if there's only ever going to be X thousand of them, and there's only even fewer individuals that are holding these projects and people are willing to kind of like go long on these and what we call diamond hands, I feel like this could be a fascinating future opportunity. I know there's no better way to learn than to put your money where your mouth is. So I just decided I was going to invest across these 10 or 20 different projects that I'm in right now. So I just, I guess you can argue I've, I, I've got money I can afford to lose, Yeah. but, but I also don't want to lose my money. Nobody right, wants, exactly. <laughs> nobody wants to lose their money. But I think when we remind ourselves that V friends have only been around for about a year, is One that year, right? Yeah. Yep. They launched on May, May 12th, 2021. So we're okay. just over a year. So we are so early, Andy. Yep. And some of these projects are going to go on to great success. Mm -hmm. Some of these projects that are really depressed right now. And I'm also part of, uh, I have the Founders Key, Tom Bilio. That right. was one of my early investments, okay. to be honest I do with as you. Well. And, you know, I'm involved with a lot of these different projects. And there's a side of me that wants to just get my money back and take a loss. But there's another side of me that's like, this is not the time to sell. Right. This is the time to like, forget about it for a little while and just mm -hmm. go long because these projects, they will recover Yeah. because when the money does come back into the market, guess where it's going? 
it's going into the projects that have the most promise and some of the best, I think, leaders, if you will, that are running those particular projects. And there's no way Tom is going anywhere. There's no way Kevin Rose is going anywhere. And there's no way that Gary Vee is going anywhere. You know, they're, they're all in. So, right. Yeah, it's totally true. And it, it's really hard to be sitting there and, and not panic when you've invested a lot of money and everything is going down. Thank you.